Hello and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. Today we have a special episode, it's part two of three of the recent World UX Roundtable event. We hope you enjoy it. And Sergio, last but not least, because you represent the, the UX writing piece of this of this jigsaw of this triad or, or shamrock, as we had uh, sort of spoken about during some of our previous conversations. From your perspective, from the UX writing, why is it key that the these elements come together? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I like to say I told before my Jesus one day that. I feel like the imposter here, imposter here, but I think that that's okay also because I think we all can relate in different stages for the translation process. And as Ryan just said, there is some people who just work in the thing of the localization of the afterthought. That's our case, sadly. But I can that's why I can see the, the importance also because in in doctoral we already for US writers when back in the day when I started like five years ago it was only me and also his writing was an afterthought. Of course it worked. It was something that may add value. But once you integrate with design, it's completely different. It's the same with, with translations process. Just, just to let you know a little bit about this process for design, uh, I, I like to show always a, a very clear image, which is uh, you cannot design a, a package if you don't know what the content, what you want to put inside. That's how you make people realize design and content is to, to work together. And it's the same for localization. You, you don't know where you're going to send this package. You, you, you don't care about localization. You're literally reading the, the message. Ryan was saying it, you, you need to go deeply involved in the content. Why would you do that if you just matter for the for the English users and not the rest? You're just destroying your, your message for the sake of just, let's say, saving money, but at the end, you're spending more that, that you should. So that's literally everything that. Uh, ju just a, another thought, we like to always uh, think about user experience, like we, we think of the user. And if we don't think it universally, if with that you, we, we don't say universal, as Tarja said, if you don't think locally for everyone, then you're just not thinking locally. You're just not thinking for the users. So that would be all. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sergio. And um, we're going to take a look at who you are and where you are in your journey. Um, Priscilla, could we pull up the poll results? Great. Okay, so we have an 85% uh, representing localization, 17% UX writing. Um, UX research and UX design, 6%, and others are 26%. So that's, that's uh, it's great. Welcome, everybody. And we, we are delighted, actually, to, to have um, people representing different different functions. Um, the, the teams that are, you currently have in your different uh, companies, localization, 91%, UX writing and UX design, again, quite, quite close, 43% and 38% and UX research 32%. So that's, um, it, it seems to indicate that a majority of companies are quite mature and they do have specific dedicated functions um, to, to, these, uh, to, to these elements. And in terms of how would you say the teams are collaborating? Um, so it's uh, frequent collaboration at 36%, that's the top, uh, which is it's fantastic to hear. And then followed closely by 32% only in my head for now. So it, it seems to be either 
like we're up here or we're kind of, you know, at the very early stages. Um, 30% there's like touch collaboration. So it's it's great again that that this this concept is not new, but it's sort of evolving. And as we said, it's just accelerated um again by by the kind of the global circumstances. Um and in terms of what would you like to get, sorry, what you would like to get out of today. So for the most part, learn what the ideal world UX would look like, which we're going to talk about in, in just a second, and hear real life insights and learn about the concept. And obviously, um, a lot of you are already well underway in terms of this journey and your awareness. And um, we're not, um, I guess this is not a masterclass as, as such, um, but we're sharing experiences and, and the panelists are sort of sharing their thinking. And hopefully this is going to trigger thoughts and, and give you some ideas that you can bring with you and, and implement um, with your own teams and, and with your own companies. So as, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to look now like, okay, so we've determined we're all, we're all in agreement. They need to, these uh, functions need to work together, need to integrate and collaborate um, to achieve what? And what does that world UX look like? And Tarja, you and I have spoken about international UX and CX in the past. And, and I'm just, you know, from your perspective, I'm, I'm curious to hear what do you feel or how do you envision this world UX? Um, yeah, about the ideal uh, world UX, how would it be, um, how, how is it done, <laughs> I guess is a, is a really good question. I think that first of all, you kind of need to think about how broadly are you looking at it? Um, you know, there are many interpretations of, of UX, for instance, like what, it, what does it mean in your company? Are you, are you at a stage where you can actually start, uh, are you mature enough that you can, you can start looking at the whole journey and the big picture or maybe you're at a stage where looking at the big picture is too overwhelming so you would just need to start looking at something um, I mean wherever you are that's that's uh, you just yeah basically you just need to start somewhere um, the challenge is that it's, it's a really broad concept but if you can just narrow down on like if you're if you're new to looking at this kind of localization UX uh, cooperation then narrowing it down to a starting point would be a really good starting point uh, and really um, creating this kind of mind shift I think is really important that I'm always trying to in my uh, teams that I've worked with try to kind of bring this uh, mind shift where we're not looking at uh, these things okay if you get them to work together you still might consider them separate things so that's kind of the mind shift needs to happen that you're working on the same same product same goal the same content in a way, um, it's, so it's not a translation, it's copy for your international users. It, it's Italian copy, it's Finnish copy, it's Japanese copy, it's not a translation. That's kind of a really good starting point, kind of making that mind shift happen. Um, as soon as you start, think, start thinking about um, the translation process as you know the source and the translation, then you're already in that mind shift thinking about the copy for the user. And that, that's a really good starting point. Um, but you know, I, like we, we've discussed in this group that it's, you know, no one has it perfectly worked out. Um, and, and this is something that I think is really useful that um, when you start establishing a team, you try things out. It doesn't necessarily, the first thing never works. You know, the, the second thing might not work, uh, but the third thing might already be towards the, the common goal. And, and 
as with everything, communication is really, really key. Um, once you get these three um, functions discussing, uh, discussing in, you know, sitting in the same table, you very quickly, in my experience, realize that you are really, really just talking about the same thing, but with different terminology. Um, I just, you know, as this anecdote from, from my past where, I, where I've had this kind of a dream team, a kind of a solution was um, quite like, like Ryan has, uh, for maybe slight, with a slight difference, is that we you used to have this uh, localization team that I was running where the localization, uh, they were called localization designers, and they had this dual role where you would 50% uh, of your time, you would write the copy in English, uh, and then 50% of the time you would localize uh, that copy. You would manage localization for your own copy. So what that really made us do is that we would, when we started writing, we would work with the UX designers, working on the, the cultural specifics and the details and reviewing the UX designs and then coming up with the, with the copy for that design. We already had that kind of mind shift that, well, I can't write this, this won't, this won't be localized very well, or this will not work. And, you know, we need to simplify this is really nice copy for in English, but, you know, not all our users are, are native English speakers, for instance. So that was a really nice team, and, and we explored with that, um, that uh, for a while, and it was working great. But then, like Ryan mentioned, <laughs> that then there's come this, um, it comes a time when, when that doesn't scale anymore. Uh, and it's really difficult. You, you cannot just um, start a team like that because, you know, these are kind of unicorns that you're looking for if you want to have a person uh, who can at the same time write UX copy. And then you can is also an, an expert in localization. So how do you write that uh, job description uh, or that uh, yeah that job ad? So it's a, it's a tricky thing. And I was saying uh, earlier in in our discussions uh, with this group that I'm not sure if this was the best solution. It was the best solution that we had, but maybe that's not something that can be scaled or or um, like recreated quite easily. But yeah. I think it's it's determining where what is your starting point and what are the resources that resources that you can use and and then start communicating sitting at the same table. Okay, great, and I like the like I like the, the thinking that I mean there's no one size fits all. There's no one single world UX. It's it's what's going to work for your particular product service. Um, and, and company and, and setup as well. Pat, you've been on this journey for for the last while. Um, what's what's your vision ultimately for what world UX should look like? Um, I'm kind of surprised by so many localization people on this on this call. Actually, it's, I'm just thinking: should I change my answers? Um, so, for me, translation. Uh, I mean, we all know. So translation happens at the end of the process, really. Uh, you can't translate anything until you have a file or until there's content in a file. But there is a role for the for the localization at the start. So at the start, when you have UX and then you have the writers join in and they add the content to the design, this is the conception of your solution. And that's when localization should come in and give the feedback and give the worldview. And that's what we've done in our teams. Um, some, something concrete you could say is our designers, they design on Envision and the writers have worked on everything. And then on Slack, we get these requests, these these designs, links to designs go up there and we look at it and we give the localization feedback and they'll take that on board. And sometimes if it's a big issue, there might be meetings. Otherwise, they just take it on and they make the changes. And so 
it's easier and cheaper to fix something when it's in design phase rather than after it's coded, after it's released, after the, local, the, the users have seen it. Um, so in the ideal world for me, we have this triad. It's, it's the, the shamrock you mentioned that, that makes sense to the Irish. It's, it's one shamrock, three leaves. So it's three groups, content, write, writers, and localization. And together they, they, they work on these designs to fix it at the start. Um, they should be, in my mind, part of the same organization, preferably UX, because UX are gonna work on everything at the start. Uh, so they're going to be sitting together, probably embedded in the same product teams. They share the designs. They take the feedback. You might have something like a style guide that's been written in common. You know, the UX and the writers and the loc. So everybody has feedback in there on specific things, and it guides everyone. So that's something else we've got. Um, essentially, you're looking to learn everyone's processes and methods and ph ph philosophies uh, of your co-workers, uh, I guess, um, look for the advantages, the shortfalls. You're going to maybe have to fill in a gap that they're not even aware exists, and they'll do the same for you. And I think that in our industry, since we're always learning, or always expected to learn new skills anyway, um, it's not unreasonable to say, right, well, I'm going to learn the skills of the others. Um, so learn a bit about UX and what's involved, and learn how to, to write, take some online courses um how to how to how to write good copy for ui and that way then everybody's able to speak each other's language and, and really be on the same wavelength and, and and increase your your chance of success when working on designs and communicating with each other um and i suppose the, the one caveat is you still need your localization at the end your translation bit at the end um so it's not a, a contradiction to say we need localizers at the start, you need them at both ends um, for the design and then to implement it at the end in translation. So um, I think what we're saying is, or what I'm saying is that localization in a lot of places is missing at the start and it needs to be, it's missing in the considerations, it's missing in content considerations and it ideally it should be added to the start. So that's what the ideal world for me is, get it added at the start. Great. Thank you. And I think that, you know, the, the being at the beginning and, and being at the end, the kind of um, sort of self-empowering as well, which ties in with Silberta's concept from, from earlier and saying, I, I want to be involved in these. And, and learning to speak the, the other functions language as well. I think, Tarja, maybe in some of our previous conversations, you, you were saying that you had to stop talking about internationalization and globalization and things like that. You, you started really talking your the UX team's um, language, which kind of created that kind of closer um, alignment and, and, you know, maybe, maybe less of a, a disconnect. Because as you said, at the end of the day, you're talking about the same thing. And as you alluded earlier, they start from different places. They have the same destination. So that's to keep in mind. So here, from your perspective, and, and we appreciate you're not an imposter by, by any means, um, but we appreciate that you're in a different place in the journey um, as a company and also come at it from a different perspective. What is your vision, vision Sorry for um, World UX? Short answer would be, I don't know. I think that that's okay also, because I also know that everything that I don't know, that I know is not working. So as Tarja said, you need to try everything for yourself. There is nothing that fits everyone, but you will need, you will need to try that. 
in our case, for example, we have the we don't have localization managers either localization designers. It's as the US writers who also do the translation. But that's also okay for, for small, medium-sized companies, if it, that's your case. I think it's good, at least I like to see it that way, because it, as we are in the first step with the design people, we also see the struggle with localization because it's ourselves who translate. So at the beginning, it didn't happen when I just was designing an interface. I was just coming with crazy ideas or something that just sound very good in English. And it's like, oh, fuck, I need to translate that to Spanish. And that was me. So it's like, I, I could feel the pain in, in myself. There's no, no, there's no other person that will suffer it. It's, it's myself. Then it's like, okay. And, and it happened to the four of us, the four years writers. So once you realize that that is a problem that you need to work on it, you, you will see it for sure that's something very important and you will you will not only realize what you need to do, but you will also try to try to do it. And something that I think is uh, crucial here, it's as, as Pat said, is, is a collaboration. You will either will need to think of a process of how to do it, either it's yourself or with more people. But after that, you need to either start a collaboration or spark collaboration. It may be you, the one who, who starts it, but also try to, to finalize. Uh, you, you will find them for sure. In, we are just world people, worse people, and I think we are very, we, we love empathy. So at the end, we are on the same boat and we love the, we have the same goal. So I think it's going to be easier to, to find that people. In my case, uh, I can talk about it later, but it can be even a developer. We like to think of them as people who is outside of our, of our process, but it shouldn't be the case. They, they are also in the same, in the same boat of us, and we will see them in a minute why, how they can also participate with us. Great, great. Thank you, Sergio. Brian, we're not going to ask you whether you guys have achieved panacea and you have achieved the ideal perfect world UX, but, right. but what's your vision for it? Perhaps maybe you can help us with that. Yeah, I think um, I think it comes down to a th something that's come out from a lot of the answers, which is collaboration. It has to be collaborative. And I think that, that you know, it doesn't matter on on how the actual form of what you're doing takes place, as long as there's that collaboration. And that collaboration is really understanding uh, each other's needs. Uh, so something that I think gets lost sometimes when you're thinking about localization is um, not really thinking about it in terms of what you're, what the, as trying to fulfill a need, but in, in terms of taking text and then just like getting it into all these other languages, right? So um, I think a good way is to have discussions around the needs of the text, uh, the needs of the, the writing, the needs of each piece of the design, in fact. So um, that can, can help not only the people that you're working with to collaborate, understand what you are trying to do and, and the information you need, the context to do your job, but also helps you understand their perspective, right? So like, for example, is there a KPI we're trying to achieve with this piece of text? Are we trying to get users to click it? Are we trying to boost some sort of, you know, KPI on the back end that we're not aware of? That might help us write a better text for it. Is it more important to warn the user because of some legal reason or because of, of something like that? You know, there's usually oftentimes a reason uh, for something that happens in the design that if the writers aren't deeply embedded, they might not have that context. So being able to collaborate to get that context is most important. Um, you know, ideally, you can have one person just do everything, but that's pretty not really ideal. So the next best step is to have an embedded uh, team sort of um, kind of like Tarja was saying, um, basically have them kind of do jack of all trades sort of things and then be very deeply design uh, into the design with the teams uh, sitting together. Uh, 
I think 4% of the respondents said they had deep integration. That's what I would consider uh, an ideal, but it's really hard to do at scale. It's really hard to do uh, and balance those other challenges I mentioned before. So the next thing, best thing is you just have to have that collaboration. Uh, you have to be on the same page with who you're working with. Um, and that means like speaking the same language, I guess. So um, however you can achieve that, it's gonna, it's gonna make, make things work, I think.